0: Hey, all right, everyone, welcome to episode number 28 of Heal Thyself. We are doing big things. I cannot wait to have this show. This show has been, what, two and a half weeks in the making. We have a, uh, oh my God, a super special guest. I just want to jump right into it because I know I want to allot as much time as I can with this guest because she is going to be on fire. But we cannot overlook all of the research, all the work that has gone down to tell you all about the cleanest proteins out there. Yes, this is the protein episode. So without further ado, let's get to the first part, the knowledge bomb. So a few years ago, actually it was last year, 2018, there was a review of protein powders and there were animal-based ones and plant-based ones. And The biggest concern in protein powders are heavy metals, arsenic, lead, mercury, and cadmium. Those are the big four, Um, and other contaminants too, even like BPA, right, with the packaging. But if you refer to the past shows, I speak about all these metals. There's a heavy metal show, so I go into detail about what are the levels, where they're found, and how they affect us. But the biggest concern with heavy metals is the neurological effect, brains, nerves, reproductive effect, right? And carcinogenic potential, that's, that's cancer-causing potential, because heavy metals are real. I said it on the other episode about heavy metals, and they do cause diseases. The problem is they can build up over time. So it's not like you're exposed to heavy metals and you're just going to pee them and poop them out and you're fine. No, they store up in the body and the bones and the hair and the tissue. So we need to be aware about where our sources are and what we can do about them. But this show, this episode is dedicated to those sources of heavy metals in our protein. Okay, so this consumer report was based on the Clean Label Project investigation for last year. So as per their website, who the heck are the Clean Label label people? As per their website, their vision is to reduce contamination across all consumer products. I can get with that. The mission was to educate the public so they can make informed decisions. Does that sound familiar? And then they use data from science to reveal the contents of America's best-selling consumer products, and then they create a rating system. I can get behind that mission, right? Sort of what we do here. They have an independent lab that tests for 130 harmful environmental industrial contaminants and toxins in these products. And then again, like I said, they put a rating to it, a five-star rating, So animal-based protein powders have approximately 67% of the market share, but plant-based ones, it's a $4.18 billion industry as of two years ago, and it's growing. Why? Because people are becoming more educated in different diseases, poor quality animal-based sources that are really out there. And then putting value on the importance of plants. So as we know, veganism, vegetarian is growing, which great, I'm all behind. It's reducing suffering and it's better for the environment and it's better for your health, love that. Um, So in the order of popularity, it's pea protein, um, soy and pea, but pea is overtaking soy now, Um, much, much to the reason because there's a lot of controversy behind soy. I talk about it a lot. I believe I did an episode or a part of an episode on it, but regardless, there's rice and also hemp protein. But right now, peas is a really popular choice, especially in people working out because it has a really good amino acid profile. So for the Clean Label Project, the website, um, You can go to the website for more information, but what they did is they went over 130 of the top-selling protein powders, right? And they used Amazon, the top Amazon ones, as a guide, and then they issued a five-star rating on these. So we know it is well documented that in low doses, especially in heavy metals, they can have an adverse effect, right? So... In this investigation, 53 out of 130 of the popular proteins had elevate, elevated levels of contaminants. Um, and even the certified organic had two times higher level heavy metals than oral egg and whey, which were supposed to be the cleanest in this investigation. And I've said this before, the USDA organic label doesn't touch heavy metals, doesn't mean anything about heavy metals. So it's important to know what foods are have are, are predisposed to having high heavy metals or, or contaminants and which ones we need to investigate so as i mentioned like protein powder is a major one it can be usda organic but still the processing or the soil it's grown can affect the, the level of heavy metals so where are the contaminants coming from it's usually in the soil usually poor quality soil but in relation to what the, cal- the for the cacao a lot of it is in the processing and the shipping so that's another important part or or where it's held so We ought to know that it's part right before it gets to the shelf. It's already been contaminated for the most part. So um, for this lab, there was a lot of controversy behind this too, and I can't confirm or deny any of it. But what I do know is that I looked at the executive director of this consumer lab, um, and knowing that they were the um, they were the head of the independent quote unquote lab. Uh, they were executive director of the independent lab that they use. It's supposed to be third-party tested, unbiased, which is is not. That's not a good thing, science scientifically. All right. Um, I've spoke to a few plant-based companies about the report in my research for this show, and and I can't confirm or deny this. They they were talking about that this was funded by the dairy industry, which put more uh, more value on whey. And, uh, and egg and dairy in the egg industry. So I don't know. But I what I do know is that this whole report wasn't properly showing me what the heck they found, right? I don't see the raw data. What they do is they create a summary and an infographic, which isn't helpful for me, because we need to do better, uh, or this company needs to do better, or this nonprofit about issuing better organized data for people like me who want to see right so i don't know exactly they only show the top five and the top the top five best and worst but i want to see everything in between so there's nothing about it being peer-reviewed there's um we need more info on the methods they used and and any conflicts of interest and we need better insights on this rating system it's pretty subjective a five-star rating system based on what so Look, it's not perfect. I like that they did investigation. I love that, that fiery activist spirit, that's beautiful. But these results, I do take with a grain of salt. So what I did is call up these companies and find out for myself, right? Do the math by myself and let's get to the bottom of which were the best and which were the worst, which leads me to my next segment, the product review. Let's go over the best and worst protein supplements out there. So for me, transparency is important. I want to know that a company is open, willing, and able to provide the requests of their consumers who are making them money, right? We should be able to know. It's important for a company to get back to me. It's important if I leave an email to hear back. It's important if I make a call and leave a voicemail to hear back. It's certainly important if I talk to someone and they say they're gonna send a certificate of analysis, for me to get the goods. Unfortunately, that's not true for all. So before I go into the companies which I did like or what I found, let me first go into the companies that completely cold-heartedly denied any requests for certificates, any request about the quality, all right? So I wish I could have had certificates for every single company because there's so many plant-based protein powders out there, but I only got a few and that's the ones I reviewed. Here are the ones that completely denied. Shakeology, Amazing Grass. They said they don't disclose test results, but rest assured it's safe. Same old story that happened with the cacao. New chapter, we cannot share, but we ensure it doesn't exceed FDA limits. Okay, great, same. That is like a copy and paste type thing. Vitacost P protein, proprietary. Heavy metals are not proprietary, so that's bull. Evo Hemp. they don't provide COAs, but check up next month. If I check next month, I'm wondering if they say check the month after. I'm wondering if that's their rhetoric or whatever goes on with that company. Regardless, Evo Hemp, Xed, Sprout Living, they don't give that type of info. Well, what type of info are you giving? Or are you not giving any info? So Sun Warrior, uh, they denied the COA. And this was actually one of the companies that were founded to be to have high heavy metals by the independent or that lab the, that I just spoke about, the, um, the nonprofit. But... What they said to me is that um, they are all under Proposition 65 levels. Um, that was that, okay. Metagenics, which is a professional brand supplement or a company, they had no COA, but again, they said they're under Proposition 65, Gyro, and EHP, they don't give out that info. All right, so those were the ones that I couldn't even get anything from. Here are the companies which never got back to me. Um, uh, from my request or never followed through, all right? So Iron Vegan, they go, yeah, we're gonna send it. They send something completely irrelevant. Orgain is a company that I wish provided the COA because it's one of the bigger ones. And I'd love to talk about Orgain with high regard. But what I found was that, one, they didn't answer the email two weeks ago. Then when I spoke to them yesterday, they said, yes, we're gonna escalate the COA thing. We're gonna get it to you today. Nothing, so I called them this morning right before the show and I said, hey, Orgain, what's up? I'm supposed to have the COA, I'm doing a show. It's gonna be reaching a lot of people, we wanna know. And they go, oh, no, no, we don't do that. And I said, all right, well, yesterday they told me they're gonna escalate it and it's gonna be sent over. They go, no, no, we don't do that. I said, listen, this is the company's choice. You can either provide or I can say, I don't know and say Orgain is in the dark and I wouldn't have it. So that was their choice, whatever. Plant Fusion, I had left a long voicemail with the director of marketing, never got back to me. Vega, zero, no information. I will say some few words about Vega later. Whole Foods 365, nothing. Drink, Aprize, nothing. Uh, Pure Food, nothing. Nutiva, al nothing. Owen uh, was one of the hardest companies to get in touch with nothing. I mean, I, I reached out to them maybe six, seven times. I couldn't even get someone on the phone. The same thing can be said about Unico Nutrition. Isogenics is a multi-level marketing company. I can't say that all multi-level marketing companies have bad quality, but most of them do. It goes hand in hand with Herbalife. I would never even, I'd stay with a 10-foot pole away from that. Um, Pez Science, same thing, couldn't get in touch. Evolve Protein, uh, which uh, I requested and they never got back to me. Omega Nutrition said that they were going to send it over and never got back to me. Your superfoods, same idea. I'm sorry if I'm boring you with all of these companies, but you know, there's got to be someone who goes, Oh, I use that one, I use that one, I use that one. So I want to clean out the ones that weren't transparent and or negligent and bring to light the ones that really were more responsible so we can talk about that. So if you hear yours over here, well, now know that know that I'm gonna talk about other options which can better your consumption of protein, right? Because when you're left in the dark, then you're left without knowing, you don't know the numbers. So why be left in the dark when we do have some companies that brought their truth to light? Um, Mercola was a really interesting one. I had a long conversation with somebody there last week. They were excited to send it over. And it was like a sun food situation for the cacao one. They're like, yeah, we're gonna send it right over and it's gonna be amazing and here you go. But they never sent it over. I called them this morning, couldn't get anyone on the phone. Um, which is a shame, right? I, I'd love to get behind Mercola, but, you know, what can I say? terrasol they sent me the wrong, completely the wrong thing, which, again, I'd love to get behind Terrasol. They had really good cacao powder, but um, nothing, right? For Sigmatic Superfood Protein, they sent completely wrong thing. And, I, you know, you never know if it's on purpose or not, but regardless, whatever. Manitoba Harvest, again, another one that sent completely wrong thing. So, Those were the ones that kept me in the dark and kept all of us in the dark, the ones that I cannot get behind. But let's talk about the ones that were accommodating, the one that said, yeah, sure, we'll send it over. Here you go. True Nutrition, Viva Life, Health Force, Truvani, Purium Designs for Health, and Garden of Life. Can you believe that I went over probably 30 before and only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven companies reached out and hooked me up with a COA. So already I value the transparency right? And, who, and who's to say, maybe the Mercola one would have been way better than all of them, but I don't know because you ain't transparent. And if you're leaving me in the dark, then you're leaving you know, my fellow people who's listening to the show in the dark. I don't appreciate that. I take it personally. All right. So let's go into this. Very quickly, I want to bring to light how this works. The Proposition 65 in California, as I mentioned, I went all into it on the heavy metals episode, but as a reminder, the level for lead is 0.5 micrograms per day, arsenic is 10 micrograms per day, cadmium is 4.1 micrograms per day, and mercury is three micrograms per day. That is the strictest limits, right? If a company in California, or if anywhere, but if they sell their products in California and any of those numbers exceed that level, then they're going to get tagged with a Proposition 65 warning. So I will say if all of those companies that I just mentioned that were leaving us in the dark, not being transparent, check if it has a Proposition 65 warning if you're in California. If it does, then you absolutely need to switch to another one because then we have no control. We have no understanding. If it's exceeding any of those levels per day, then you know that 0.5 on lead could be 035 No good, so um, keep that in mind. Now, the big part of the show is I'm not here to just preach and tell you and then you take notes and leave. I'm here to empower you to do it yourself. So um, when you receive a COA, usually it's it's reported in parts per million, right? It'll say lead, arsenic, mercury, cadmium in parts per million. So the way, the quickest way that I found to do this is taking that parts per million And one part per million equals one microgram per gram. Okay, again, I'll say that one part per million equals one microgram per gram. So let's say for example, lead is 0.5 micrograms per day. Now we have it in units that can completely convert to the allowable limit, right? So you take that parts per million, it's a one to one ratio. You convert it into micrograms per day. I'm sorry if I'm losing anyone, probably would lose me. I'm not a math guy regardless. And then I multiply that by the amount of grams in a tablespoon which is four, 14.3 grams. And then I took that result and I multiplied it by two. By doing that math and multiplying multiplying by two because those scoopers and protein are usually about two tablespoons. So then you have the conversion of either two tablespoons or the scooper in these protein powders. And now you can understand how much lead is in it per in micrograms, how much arsenic, how much cadmium, how much mercury. If that didn't make sense, please just reach out to me and I will try to make that make sense. But Most scoopers, as I said, are two tablespoons per day. So let's go into the companies in this segment. Um, One of the first ones I got was from Health Force. Health Force is an interesting brand. They use a lot of glass, which is amazing. Um, They have a a whole supplement line. It's not just protein powders. Um, And yeah, it's across the board. They have good heavy metal levels except lead. Lead is going to be the issue for every protein company, right? So uh, in my understanding, talking to different CEOs of these companies, is that lead is the ongoing thing, more than much more than cadmium. All, all, actually, all of them that I went over had really good cadmium levels, good mercury levels, good no, arsenic levels, but lead was the ongoing theme. All right, so which one had was the best of that? Well, regardless... Health Force did have some higher levels of lead, uh, on average about three to four times the Proposition 65 limit. Um, the carob flavor was the lowest one, right? So I would recommend if you do have the Health Force or you're such a fan of them and you want to stick with them, then use the carob one and only use half a tablespoon per day. Um, so you can put a little bit in your smoothie, for example. Um, but it's a good. It's a good company though. And I'd like to see them maybe even source better. They are third party tested. They are dedicated to quality and sourcing. Stuff I love, stuff that I can really get behind. Organic, gluten-free, non-GMO. When you go on the website, remember, are they loud and proud? So you open it up and they're loud and proud. They're explaining everyone that this is what we do. So they actually follow the guidelines of the American Herbal Products Association, which has similar numbers, but the lead is higher for that um, for those indicators of that, uh, that association. But still, I'm going with the more strict guidelines. So according to that, Health Force does exceed lead, lead limits, which is why I am recommending a more conservative approach to utilization of it. Again, good company, want to see them just maybe have better sourcing to reduce that lead. The next one was Perium MVP Sport. Perium is a multi-level marketing company. It's a little different than them. I am familiar with them. I have met the CEOs a few times. I can vouch for them. They are very, very environmentally conscious, uh, health conscious. Um, the CEO, one of the CEOs, um, Dave, is really, really dedicated into progressing the products. What is the best now and adding into it. So uh, yeah, I mean, I... Typically, I mean, I have some of their products, but the MVP Sport, I want to talk a little bit about. I've had it before. It's tasty. It's good. Um, The recommended dose is four tablespoons. I think that's too much for a protein powder. So when it's reduced to two, again, remember I said lead, the lead was still... Uh, a little too high. So certainly I would recommend if you're having the uh, MVP sport, which is tasty, it's a good quality product. It's a great company. um, I would reduce it to about one tablespoon to one and a half tablespoons instead of, you certainly shouldn't be having four tablespoons. It's It's too much and it's too much lead. So that's what I have to say about them. Again, check out their website, look at their formulas. Designs for Health is a professional brand supplement. They have a pea protein which is really bioavailable, really clean. Um, Usually it's recommended by practitioners. So sometimes it's hard to get. It's a big bootleg brand that a lot of people are bootlegging. But um, what I would do is for this company, I would recommend better sourcing and a little bit more transparency, but they provided the COA and again, lead was a situation. Again, um, it wasn't super high. It was lower than the aforementioned two, but still, I would only recommend about a tablespoon instead of what they recommend, the scooper, which is about two tablespoons. So um, the thing about Designs for Health, though, they don't have the organic label. They are really deep with testing. They make sure they're they are pretty rigorous. That's why it's a professional line supplement, um, but they have some natural flavors in there. its I've never been a major fan of Designs for Health, even in my practice, but... Um, it's a pretty good quality pea protein. I've had it before. The taste is not as good as the Purion, for example. I've, I remember maybe they improved it, but um, again, lo- it had lower lead levels than the aforementioned two. All right, Garden of Life is a famous one here. We all know Garden of Life. So um, they were bought out by Nestle, maybe, I don't know, two, two, three years ago. Usually when you request a certificate analysis, it's it's a white sheet. And it's usually a PDF and it usually has a signature or a date or lot numbers, batch numbers. It has, um, how much was tested in quantity. So you have a really good idea. Garden of life sent sort of just sent me like a, a colored table, um, which, which doesn't do much for me. I don't know who tested it. What was the lab that tested it and was it doctored? not to say that it was, but it's, it's possible. You know, you could doctor anything, but if you're sending me just like a, like a, just, a document with, without what I'm used to seeing, then you don't know. So it, so in their, their document that they sent me, there's no third party lab that I saw about any dates, no batch numbers. I don't know if it was doctored, I don't know. But there was a lot of data and they have different lines and different products within the garden of life. So um, I still did the numbers on this. And what I found was that the best of their line was the vanilla organic protein and the vanilla sport one usually and this is kind of like a rule of thumb across the board if it is a flavored one particularly chocolate it's going to have higher levels of lead the vanilla ones usually have lower levels of lead this is what i saw as a a common thread between all of these so if you're having garden of life i would actually stay away from the bagged ones you know if you if you if you go to whole foods or any of these markets you'll see the garden of life they have them in the cans or the bags i like that it's in a bag because it's not a plastic bottle but still the plant one, uh, the organic plant protein ones in the bag are tend to have higher levels of the lead, much higher ones, as opposed to the, as I mentioned, the vanilla organic protein, which is in the bottle, and the vanilla sport one, which is in that silver bottle. I used to take the chocolate sport one actually years ago. So they're pretty tasty. Um, so Garden of Life, I'm going to take this one with a grain of salt, but what, from what they gave me, which wasn't like a true COA, COA that's what I got from it. Now let's get to the better ones. And, and though, as I mentioned, those were good in comparison to, you know, companies that aren't even bringing to light their practices. So Vivo life, Vivo life is uh, a pretty good one. Actually, overall designs for health, as I mentioned before, had better lead levels. Um, this one definitely had higher levels um, that it did exceed. Uh, and, and that's why I'm going to recommend a lower amount. Um, so, what I'm going to recommend before I even get into why I like this company is about one tablespoon. Um, usually they recommend about two, but I'm going to recommend half of it. And then that would sort of level out those lead levels. But the company overall looks really good. Um, go on the website and it's the type of website I like to see, right? Companies that are proud companies that are loud companies that tell you about their practices. So they use organic ingredients, but there's no assurance of any standardization because they talk about veganic, which I couldn't even find a, um, like a like a, a source, an, an institution, a company, a nonprofit, anything, what does veganic mean? So I, I don't know if they labeled or termed it, but it means, as per their website, something that's ethically sourced, non-GMO tested for heavy metals, grown without fungicides, herbicides, pesticides. I love that stuff. And they're really dedicated to helping small businesses and farms. Um, it looks really good. Like I said, they say all organic ingredients, but no assur- For me, I need a sh- better assurance of standardization. Um, what I do like about Vivo Life is they have a whole section that you yourself can access their heavy metal testing reports without even asking. That is how a company should be run. So, as a company, I really like Vivo Life. I do. Uh, just like the Health Force one, I like them as a company. Um, I do hope and wish that down the line they have better sourcing, so their lead levels even drop more, so you can even have and more, consume more of the product. But at this point, let's keep it at one tablespoon. Uh, yeah, but they thanks for being very transparent, people. Life, True Nutrition. So True Nutrition, surprise, and this here's the irony behind this. True Nutrition had by far the best lead levels, but True Nutrition is by far the worst of the bunch. Um, they say they use non-GMOPs, okay, um, again, the lowest levels of lead, but nothing was organic. It uh, has different flavors, gums, sweeteners, colorings. I mean, their website is more dedicated to weightlifting, right? They, it's sort of like, I wouldn't be surprised to see true nutrition at GNC, put it that way. Um, they can do They can do much better with their product overall, right? We have to see it as a whole. Just relatively speaking, on heavy metals, the best profile of all um, as per their COA. But um, yeah, let's just go to again, a really good one. The next one is a really good one, one that I like a lot. So initially, I had some issue in obtaining the COA for this company. I think there was some confusion. And then when I made it public on Instagram that I would love to get the COA with this company, but they're not giving it to me, um, I immediately got a call from um, or in contact with the two CEOs of the company. This is Truvani, right? So I spoke with um, the two co-CEOs and uh, one of them being uh, Vani or the food babe, which has made a name for herself about doing much of what I do actually, asking companies to do better, pointing out what's going on and teaching people. So um, I like that they were very quick to open up, they were very quick to be transparent and they were very quick to send the certificate of authenticity after we had the conversation. So um, they let's talk about the company first. Very clean, very dedicated, environmentally conscious and health conscious, of course. Clean ingredients, really short list of ingredients. So you don't wanna see gums, you don't wanna see fillers, you don't wanna see flavorings, you don't wanna see colors. You just wanna see One, two, three, four, five ingredients. This company I think has five ingredients, awesome. That's how protein powder should be. Um, I would recommend for this company, the vanilla over the chocolate, because the vanilla had about half the amount of lead than the chocolate. As I spoke with the the other CEO, Derek, we had a really good conversation talking about how the, it's very difficult because lead is an ongoing problem. But to me, they had good numbers, speaking, uh, uh, relatively speaking about uh, the other companies as a whole. But um, if you do have the vanilla, two tablespoons, that's fine. The scooper and then the chocolate, I'd actually reduce that to one. Um, I have a feeling this company is still going to be looking for better sources, better sourcings. But overall, really good one. If I had to choose, I would probably go with the Truvani first and then... The vivo life as a whole, first, just reducing the consumption of it. those were those were two really good ones, two of my favorite ones overall. Um, but the other ones that I mentioned in this whole part uh, about the ones who did provide the CoAs, I'm thankful and they they were transparent. And look, maybe we just don't use the full serving size, but we can still consume it. But now we know with better assurance of what's going on in there. So, Thank you to all the companies that provided COAs, um, all the companies that left us in the dark. You know, that's I can't support you and I hope my listeners don't or viewers. Um, I will say a few things. Um, Orgain, I wish, did a better job. They're one of the biggest ones and they needed to be transparent. They needed to step up to the plate like these other companies did. They didn't, so I'm going to recommend against Orgain. The same goes with Vega. I never was a fan of Vega. I think they are the... RX bar of protein powders. I believe Vega should be much more transparent with what's in their products. Um, When you go on their website, you're really only going to find one or maybe two organic, dedicated organic um, supplements or powders, but the rest are going to have that non-GMO label, right? That verified non-GMO, but you want to look at the ingredients first and make sure that does it even have ingredients in there that are genetically modified? And if so, are they greenwashing? I've never been a fan of Vega. I've had people who worked in Vega leave because the company was going downhill in quality, two people actually. So yeah, I mean, I would stay away from those really big ones and pay closer attention to the ones I spoke about. Um, Lead is an ongoing problem, as I mentioned, um, but I do believe that the companies I spoke about are going to be doing even better. Um, So at this point, those are my favorite. Here are the take homes, here are the take homes. Um, Because I couldn't, and I didn't have access to going over all of them, here are the ones I went over. If you go about yourself looking for protein, take these rules of thumbs home. If you're in California and it has a Proposition 65, switch proteins, because you know it's gonna exceed those levels that we're trying to look at right now. Uh, Be an advocate. Right, I'm just gonna, I got what I got and I gave it to you all. You can get something else and share it with someone else. So be an advocate for yourself. Call other companies, ask, right? And if they tell you that it's proprietary, heavy metals are not proprietary to the protein. Their are blends, their formulas, their sourcing maybe, but the heavy metals are not, okay? So you can always say, all right, listen, I hear you. You ain't gonna give me nothing proprietary, but let me get the heavy metals. They should be cooperative because there's no reason they shouldn't. Um, and if it's, an, if it's a problem, then explain that to them. And if they don't, then just switch companies. So, and send, send it to me on DM or on an email. I'll be happy to look at it and translate it myself. Look for organic. Look for that organic label. The less ingredients, the better. As I mentioned, the less fillers, the less gums, the less sweeteners. That's what you want. You want clean, whole, organic products. Uh, and visit the website. Don't just go and buy it on Amazon, start eating it and having it being part of your daily diet. Visit the website, learn about the company that you're supporting, right? Are they conscious companies? Are they doing right by you? Are they doing right by the environment, right? Because that's for our future. Uh, Open it. And if you already know, if you know that it's dedicated with quality, then amazing. But stay away from the companies that really target the GNC audience, right? The audience that sacrifices quality for you know, let's say aesthetics or, you know, fitness, so many fitness companies and products are such crap and they sell them at VGNC and vitamin shop, but pay close attention to quality, go on the website and learn about the company that you're supporting and, and call and ask, right? Because like I said, if it's going to be part of your daily routine, let's say, let's say Orgain, uh, never sent the COA, but let's say they do have triple the amount of lead for their servings. Well, then this is something that you're, having every day or let's say a few times a week or let's say you only have it around the gym let's say your kid wants it in their smoothie bowls so your your pediatrician said your kid needs more protein you put in your smoothie bowls then you're then you're exposing yourself and your child to unnecessarily higher levels of lead so again we can all do better and here I gave you the information what you need I gave some of my recommendations I have empowered you all on what to do yourself and I hope that helped At the end of the day, look, we should demand the best from companies. You see how we're pushing them to change and doing right by us, doing right by the environment. So we are empowered, do what you want, take this information and hopefully make a better decision. All right, let's get to our special guest. That was fun, but this guest is even gonna be more fun. All right, today's special guest segment is a very special one. Uh, Today's guest is my first ever attending physician. I'm so proud to have her on, and she's going to be throwing in some knowledge bombs about babies and pregnant moms, everything you ever wanted to know. Thank you for coming, Dr. Alana Rumel.
1: I'm so happy to be here. And it's yeah. so nice to see you as yeah. a doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mentioned it. Like I mentioned it to everyone actually, um, how we work together. Mm-hmm. When was it? Like 2012, 13. Oh my goodness,
1: it was so long. Doesn't it feel like a whole like decade ago? Yeah. Uh, no, it has to be a decade. It might have been. Oh my God. No, it wasn't 2009. No, no, no. no. Yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, you look so young. You're doing well for yourself. You changed at all. Yeah, I was wet behind the ears, but um, you definitely did. I never got to tell you, you taught me so much. Mm. It it was like literally my first step into clinic. And you were the first attending physician and the first clinic shift I had. And I was like, oh, this is how it feels to be a a clinician. But, you were so knowledgeable and on mm. it, like really on it.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. So yeah, that was my residency yeah. and I loved it. I mean, I love, I love school. <laughs> yeah, I love learning and I continue to learn even as a doctor now, mm-hmm. I love teaching. So I'm yeah. so glad you got so much out of
0: it. Yeah, you, and you're, and talking about teaching, you were really putting out a lot out there for everyone. Thanks. And, and I was telling you before we got on, anytime someone asked me a pediatric question, I really forward mm-hmm. them to you because you have so many resources. Even me, was not into pediatrics, I downloaded your manual.
1: No, you were so cute. I know, I just downloaded
0: the manual because I'm like, oh, this is great stuff. This is uh but but let's talk about so you're seeing kids, 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 kids pregnant moms like all day, every day.
1: Yeah, so it's so interesting. So when I came out of residency, I was actually scared to just niche in Peds, even though I knew I loved it. Remember in residency, mm-hmm, I would just like mm-hmm, follow all of the mm-hmm, PEDS docs. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm not a mom myself yet at that point. Like, is this really like something I can do? I doubted myself, so I just did general medicine. Mm -hmm. You know, adults, kids, elderly. But I wasn't that happy. I knew, I was like, I would be so good if I could just knit and just all my focus and all my research beyond these kids. And then I got pregnant with my first baby. I'm actually pregnant with my second baby Mm -hmm. now. And once I became a mom and pregnant myself, I was like, I'm never seeing an adult again unless they're pregnant. Is that right? (laughs) But it was like such a calling for me. I just immersed myself in all this information about anywhere from vaccines to preventative medicine to how to treat childhood ailments. And I realized there was such a need. There's not that many doctors, especially naturopathic doctors doing the integrative holistic approach. So I knew I was like, okay, this is a niche that I actually think there's a need for. And once I started it, my front desk staff, I remember at my medical center was like, are you sure you wanna like not accept any more adults? I mean, you were busy before. I'm like, no, send them to all the other doctors. I really just wanna focus. And ever since I did, I've not only been happier, but I know I'm helping so many more people. I'm reaching so many more people. And I'm now an expert in this field and Mm -hmm. it feels so good. And I love it because I get to utilize all the same information for my own health, for my own family. And everything that I learn, I then share with others. And that's what I truly love. I love teaching.
0: Oh, I love that. Because for me, it's like you were in your ballpark doing your thing, but mm-hmm. now you literally aligned and you're like, yes. oh no, I'm here. And because of that, you're sharing these gifts that you had as a practitioner, but really now in your field to so many people mm-hmm. and and really awesome and effectively. And you like, you, and you have your own show?
1: Yeah. So I have a podcast yeah. too, specifically for moms. It's called Home Mamas Podcast. And I love, again, I love sharing information. So it was like this vehicle for me to interview other experts, just like you do, to also share my knowledge with people. I I have it with a co-host who's a registered dietitian. So we talk nutrition and lifestyle and mom stuff. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, if
0: you didn't listen to it, ladies and gentlemen, you need to get on it. Because if you have a kid or new parents or old parents, whatever it is, there's so much to learn on there.
1: There is so much to learn. And every day there's another decision to make. And every day there's another like frustration or every day so there's always something to learn and I think that's actually one of the reasons why I love being a mom myself is is it's a challenge yeah. you know you're constantly questioning things and so for me as a doctor I just feel so blessed that like I have the medical knowledge so when my daughter gets sick I don't worry about it I'm not anxious about it I apply the knowledge that I know and then I treat with the medicines that I know and I felt like every mom needs this. You know, it's not fair that I just have the privilege that I went to medical school and I went through all this schooling. I was like, every mom needs to feel calm. Every mom needs to have competence with all their tools from conventional medicines to alternative medicines. And everyone needs the confidence to be able to apply that. And really know when it's time to visit the doctor, Or when it's safe to just treat their kid from home, which is like ninety percent of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I had to teach
1: it. Like there was just no way I could like keep it inside me. But
0: isn't it great to have that resources for moms or young dads who know? Okay, like. Now I have sort of a guide because Mm -hmm. what I know, and and I'm certainly not in pediatrics, but from what I know and what I've seen is that a lot of parents are sort of lost about where do I go with this? Mm -hmm. You know, my kid's been coughing for a day. Do I go to the ER? Mm -hmm. Do I go to urgent care? What happens? Um, Or can I make an intervention, a safe and effective one? Sure. And the baby can get better because what I do remember from pediatrics in school is that these kids were one Resilient and responsive. Mm-hmm. These kids, they're 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 they're, to, they're like vital energy. Is yes. like you just give them a little bit of something, and you're like, whoa, that that oh, that's all it took.
1: I know. That's why I feel like it's easy to treat kids, but so many th- like naturopathic doctors don't want to do it, and that's okay. Please mm-hmm. help the adults, and I <laughs> send them to them. Go with your passion. Yeah. These kids are so vital, and when you give them some of these natural therapies, especially the right type of therapy, the safe ones, and the right doses and the right frequency these kids get better like this. Yeah. But no one teaches these parents. It's the same thing like when we're pregnant. It's like no one teaches you how to be a parent. Yeah. There's no like master guide. No one teaches you what to do when your kids get sick. We just assume, oh, we'll just take him to the doctor and the doctor knows best. Yes, there's definitely a time and place for a doctor. And I teach that in my courses because I'm a doctor. And so mm-hmm. I value our mm-hmm. expertise. And I want to really empower moms so that they really get that they can be their own doctor mom. And so that's kind of what I claim, this doctor mom. It's not that you're a licensed physician or you've not gone to school for over a decade like we have. Mm -hmm. But you know when it's dangerous and it's time to visit your doctor. And you also know when you can confidently keep your kid at home and safely help them. And it feels so good. You know, like your kid just looks at you like, oh my goodness, like, thank you for helping me. I mean, what mom wouldn't want that? You know, parents want the best for their kids. So I'm I'm thrilled that we can teach that.
0: I'm excited to have you on because this is something like grounds that I haven't really walked on, Mm -hmm. especially on this show and a full dedicated talk like this. But it also makes me feel better because if, and when I have kids, now I have a backbone, (laughs) I have somewhere to go. I have, you know, like that's, that's really cool. So And and talking about, like, there's so much that young moms or young parents are going through. I stayed with my friend between um, homes, like when I moved, Mm -hmm. they were were getting uh, the home all set up. So I stayed there for a week and I saw exactly what it was like. And at this point in my life, like, I never was really around young parents, you know, but these are my close friends. And day in and day out, I saw how much work it is Mm -hmm. to be with a newborn and understanding that, whoa, like there's no handbook. Like you said, what do I do now? What do I do now? Oh no, there's an earache. There's a rash. Where do I go? Mm -hmm. Who do I look for? So, um, yeah, thank you for putting that out there. Of course.
1: Oftentimes we go to friends or we go to our parents or we go to our sister maybe who has kids and it really actually then is very dependent on their beliefs and Mm -hmm. their philosophies about medicine and health and wellness. And I think it's just so important that moms and parents just dig deep into like what matters to them most. Yeah. What are your values? How do you wanna raise your kids? And not be so influenced by the outside community, unless your community is just fully aligned yeah. with your values. Because yeah. I just see so many parents just feeling disempowered when they make a decision. It could be around a vaccine, or it could be around a medication, or it could be around some choice they make. And luckily, kids are so resilient but I am so committed to helping moms really get clear with what their values are. And there's no right or wrong. It doesn't matter if you love the conventional medicine or if you love the natural medicine or your anti-vaccine, your pro-vaccine. There's no right or wrong. It's what's best for your individual child. And what, at the end of the day, you can go home and sleep well at night, that's what matters the most. So I'm just all about education and empowering these parents because it is a lot of work and there's a lot of doubt, but you don't wanna go to sleep feeling disempowered.
0: No, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. And and because you wanna, like you said, there's so many things pulling you left and right yes. from parents to your sister to your totally. friend who's had the, the a baby in the same and then the media <laughs> yeah. um oh god like i i sympathize a lot with that mm-hmm. because the same thing happens in like any field where they're like well, what do i eat now i i thought i can eat this this was healthy yesterday now yes. it now it has oxalates or it causes yes. cancer and i'm like oh, okay you know let's let's align with some a few things so the you got kids coming in what is something that you're seeing so much of, and you're like, what is going on? Why are so many babies, toddlers, children coming in with this?
1: Great. So goodness, the list can go on, unfortunately, but I would say eczema is probably one of the most common uh, chief concerns that kind of come into my office and it's oftentimes because it's a very common uh, presentation on a child but it gives me so much information into their immune system and their and their potential allergic nature. So when a, a mother brings her child in with any type of um, eczema rash, different than a viral rash but if it's truly eczema, mm-hmm. then what I've just Learn about that child is that they may have a hyperimmune reaction to things. Mm-hmm. That means when they're ready for food introduction, that we have to be a little bit more precautious about that. When they're ready to, you know, develop into the toddler stage, they may be more susceptible to chronic ear infections. Mm-hmm. As they develop more into the, let's say, four or five, they may be more susceptible to asthma, atopy, allergies, mm-hmm. seasonal allergies. And so, what I love about children is that when they express symptoms. It's a way that they're talking to us. It's the way that the body's showing us, okay, there's some imbalance going on. Let's get to the root cause now so we can help prevent these chronic diseases from happening Mm -hmm. versus, unfortunately, a lot of the medical, conventional medical side will just say, here's a steroid cream, suppress the eczema, and it works. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they work. They're really amazing. They're quick. They work. So parents think... It's great, they're curing their child. They stop the cream, it comes right back. But remember, the body is so wise. It's telling us something. So I get to help these parents throughout this this child's life cycles really help prevent those chronic ear infections or the atopy or the allergies or the asthma. And that I'm really passionate about. So I love early intervention. Mm -hmm. The sooner moms see any signs of anything, bring them in so we can really get them assessed. And
0: the immune hypersensitivity in the first place is that happening because some exposures in utero or when when you know early on? What's going on? Great.
1: So we actually don't know that for sure. Yeah. There's some great studies showing some effectiveness with taking fish oils, let's say, or even probiotics during pregnancy to help decrease the possible mm. effects. They're not great studies. I say still to all pregnant women, still take it because it's so good for other aspects, mm-hmm. but for eczema in particular, I think it's the best thing that we can do to at least get to the forefront. Gut health is so important. And I know you talk about this all the time. I mean, as a naturopathic doctor, we cannot not talk about gut health. So oftentimes I want to look into well, what's mom eating that's potentially going through the breast milk that may be causing a reaction in the child. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you see colic in a kid or just like irritability, you can see the child's just not comfortable. The eczema is an expression on the skin that there's something inside that body that Mm -hmm. is just not being processed well that we need to address. So it's all very internal in Mm -hmm. my state. So gut health is, number one and then the second part is yes there could be an immune system hyperactivity that we don't necessarily know where it's coming from it could be genetics or it could be that maybe they're exposed to some toxins in their environment mm. whether it's a something very benign like a cat dander mm-hmm. or a pollen or a grass that that child just happens to be more susceptible to or it could be a mold yeah. you know something that everyone shouldn't be exposed to. So we don't really know, that's where we as doctors get to investigate and have to rule things in and out. But food is one of my number one things I go to first, because I see at least 50% of my cases get cured just alone with either mom removing food, if they're a nursing mom, or if a child's a little bit older and they're eating the offended food, we have Mm -hmm. to eliminate it.
0: Now, Now are we talking about like corn, soy, eggs? Great,
1: so I do a lot of food testing. The ones that come up the most, are eggs and dairy i see that like across the board i see that so frequently and it kind of bums me out because i think eggs in particular is such a rich form of choline Mm -hmm. especially for great brain development especially for pregnant women our needs are i mean exorbitantly Mm -hmm. higher than in normal cases so i hate to take out eggs and i hate to just take out foods until i do the testing because i think it, it warrants a good ob- objective finding so that they're not just like eliminating just anything. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about corn, corn doesn't necessarily come up often, but we all know corn mm-hmm. is heavily sprayed mm-hmm. as long as it's not organic or we're finding good sources. Yeah. So all of the glyphosates and all of those other toxins easily could be overloading the body, mm-hmm. putting a lot of stress on the immune system. And so then it's only going to hyperreact because it's not able to really like mitigate what the immune system is supposed to be doing which yeah. is really just fighting the bad guys not yeah. necessarily fighting toxins and busy with
0: that yeah and everyday exposures over and over and over correct wow that's 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 pretty interesting yeah. stuff and and so it, it, that's a really good resources for a parent to see quantitatively what is going on and, and even being more inspired to be like it's time to cut this right oh, off.
1: Oh yes, they're much more motivated. I see this often, more more times the husbands need it. <laughs> I think right. men in general, they I, love they the objective yeah, do. You know, I think a mom will be like, I'll do anything. Yeah. I don't even need to do the testing, you just tell me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but my husband won't do it until he sees and I'm like, but you should see it too. Yeah. You know, or the schools, you know, sometimes the schools oh, want yeah. that to say, okay, fine. We will not serve this child dairy mm-hmm. or, or whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. Gluten comes up often. It doesn't come up as often as dairy and eggs, just in my clinical experience. But again, sourcing is so important, mm-hmm. you know, and I love how you are such like an expert in toxicity and really investigating yeah. different products and brands, because there are some amazing brands out there. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that may be claiming to be really healthy. And so the parents are like, oh, it's so healthy. I'm giving them this gluten-free vegan dessert. And you're like, this is still really yeah. processed, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not its not helping their little body. Yeah. So I think it's just, edu- again, education and navigating it. But the biggest thing for me in my medical practice is making things workable. For parents. Yeah. Because when they're overwhelmed and they've got multiple kids and they're driving all the you know over the place and they've got this schedule and you're telling them okay, take out gluten, take out dairy, take out corn, and you have to take this supplement, this supplement, this they're just like deer in the headlights.
0: And cook three meals a day. And
1: cook three meals a day, right, and pack all the lunches and only use stainless steel and Mm -hmm. don't use you know you have to meet the parent where they're at and when it feels like it works for you awesome it's much more sustainable yeah when it doesn't work for you then we just have to find ways around it so mm-hmm. no one's going to have to be perfect and that's okay yeah and things will change based on the number of kids and the time and all of that good stuff
0: yeah it's a big spectrum and and i see that because i remember even in pediatrics it was this is why I don't do pediatrics, because it is the dynamic of the parents and the kids. So you're kind of treating three people or two people. Mm-hmm. So you have to be really gifted in that, which you are. But um, that's why, because it's hard to say something that you see and then hard to maybe convince one or both parents. Um, but I can imagine, you know, like running around. I mean, the the, the family I stayed with for a week, which was my, my best friend, there was only one newborn but she was running around and she was focused on him, on her. And I was like, whoa, this is. Oh
1: yeah. It's a full-time job. Yeah.
0: It's a full time. And then like putting the baby, uh, like to sleep with, and we see the camera downstairs and right when she's about to make her lunch, the baby starts crying again. And then she's like, oh, okay, I'll be right back. So I, I totally (laughs) empathize with that. Um, so for these parents then, there's, they have, you're putting out resources, just some step-by-step stuff that can help, guidelines, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, is it hard then, the parents wanna make the intervention, do you find that kids don't wanna change their food? Is it, I saw with the, pub, pediatric patients that I had, their palates. the kids didn't want Mm -hmm. it, they just wanted one thing, maybe Mm -hmm. two things. Is that a big problem now? Great, so I kinda
1: wanna address something you said about having to work with the parents, and sometimes that can be an obstacle, and sometimes it's not an obstacle. So I wanna give you an example of this, and I'm sure you've had patients like this. Throughout their life, they're not interested in eating organic, they think that it costs too much, and it doesn't make any sense. The minute they have a child, all of a sudden, everything has to be organic and they will actually feed their child much better Mm -hmm. than they would even feed themselves and they would start doing the research and they start getting interested and oftentimes this like new transition into parenthood really transforms Mm -hmm. their thinking about Mm -hmm. food and lifestyle and their cleaning products and you know the kids put everything in their mouth and so it's actually an awesome opportunity yeah. for, to catch them. And so I find that my patients are hungry for it. Oh, great. But they're also attracted to see me. You know, when I was doing rotations with medical pediatric, medical doctor pediatricians, I would see those type of families. And I was thinking to myself, I don't want to even work with them. They're mm. not proactive. They're not as motivated. They just come and they take whatever in advice- In and out. And, yeah. In and out. And that works for some people. And I don't want to discredit that. I attract the parents who want to sit there and ask me all these questions. They want all this knowledge. Right. And you know they, they take my online courses, they download my guidebooks, because they just want to know. Yeah. And so I love that. So I just wanted to mention, it is an awesome niche because there yeah. are parents who are hungry.
0: That's the energy you're putting out there. Well, right? And, and you're bringing back. That. Yeah, you're bringing yeah. back but the yes. people who want that. And
1: I'm proactive just being a mom myself and I could be real. I'm like, look, this doesn't work. You could try your best, but it takes too much time. So why don't we do this? Yeah. But the other part that you asked is about, are the kids compliant? And that's a great question. So it really depends on their age mm-hmm. and it really depends on the individual. So I want to give you a couple examples of both ways. I find it to be brilliant that the very young kids—they know when something makes their tummy hurt. Mm-hmm. I will even—I will read a food panel to them and say, "Hey, hun, eggs." It, your body doesn't like eggs Mm -hmm. and and like an 11 year old the other day looked at me and was like yeah every time I eat (laughs) eggs my tummy hurts and I was like really she was yeah I just I didn't realize that but now that my tummy hurts I'm not gonna eat them Mm -hmm. anymore and I was like okay that's great Mm -hmm. they're so in tune and they're because I think they're not so like clouded with people's opinions and the media and everything and cell phones and (laughs) cell phones (laughs) yeah yeah. I mean they're just like pure individuals they're like oh so eggs make me feel like this. Okay. So I just don't eat eggs. And yeah. I'm like, it's that, that was simple. easy, yeah. <laughs> you know, try to say that to a 50-year-old, you know, who's been woman who's been eating eggs, been eating eggs yeah. and is so stuck on their egg white omelet mm-hmm. every day or whatever that is. So those kids are so compliant, they do well, and they love feeling better. Then I have some teenagers. This is where it gets a little tricky, where yes, their palate is very limited, they're extremely picky. However, what I've come to learn that is truly an effective therapy is occupational therapy. So you don't really realize it. I mean, I've delved into the research and I've sent so many now kids to occupational therapy. The earlier you can do, the more you can find that some of these kids are actually literally scared of eating some foods because it actually creates like a pain reaction into Mm -hmm. them. They're overstimulated sensory. They've got many other potentially imbalances going on within their body, whether it's tactile, reception, there's a lot of different things but the reason why they're limited to maybe five or ten foods goes far beyond them just trying to deny the food and being like an aggravation yeah it's just not that way there's just so much more to dig in and we just get to help them in that mm. way and i get to co-manage and so that's when i you know co-care i know what my limitations are i, rep- I refer to experts and we co-manage together and then their palate just opens up oh yeah I mean, it's incredible. So when I hear about these picky eaters, we have to really get to the bottom of, well, why are you even picky? It could also be a gut infection, you know, that they're really feeling an imbalance. Their tummy hurts constantly. They're bloated. Mm -hmm. They're not going to the bathroom and eating makes them worse. Mm -hmm. So they're just going to say, no, thank you. I don't want to eat. I'll just stick with like white rice noodles and you know, just something that's like easily digestible bars or something. Yeah,
0: I see. I see because picky eating is that's sort of, you see that all the time I do a, see that a brother often. or a sister or a, I see it even in like friends, family mm-hmm. and the kids so um really interesting about that one one thing I found is um I have i I knew someone with a newborn and I suggested look you you didn't do the test, you're not going to do the test you're not my patient but Let's just take out dairy. The baby started pooping nonstop all of a sudden, and from being constipated yes. all her life, little pellets, full, full stools.
1: Great recommendation. Yeah, I, I felt.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I oh, thank you very much. But, but, what is? Do you see that? That's a really big connection because I know constipation in children mm-hmm. is huge. Is it a hydration thing? Is it a dairy thing?
1: Great. So, you know, when you first asked me the question, what is one of the most common conditions? Mm-hmm. I couldn't choose between eczema or constipation. Uh, you, you know, I was going to ask
0: at some point. Because it is. There. It's
1: also so important. And as you know, the gut function is so important. You, we have to ask about bowel movements with every patient. And if they're not pooping mm-hmm. regularly and it's easy and it's the color's nice and such, they're not detoxing well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we have to get to the bottom of that. And these little pebbles are actually not that uncommon in these kids. So there's a lot of different reasons for this. Again, food is number one. I will look into that. I do see dairy as a possibility. Mm -hmm. But again, in every individual, it's a little bit different. If I see constipation in addition to mucus production, so constantly congested or stuffy nose or just wet coughs, Mm -hmm. 100% I think of dairy simply because it's a mucus forming type of food. Mm -hmm. Even for someone who's not sensitive to it, you could just feel it in Mm -hmm. your throat. Um, the other thing is, of course, how dairy is processed. I mean, someone could do really well on raw organic grass-fed dairy versus the processed dairy that we yeah. have as a conventional route, so. But I, I mean, I have such opinions about cow milk at their first year of life. I mean, I get that question all the time. Yeah. Um, so people are very confused about this idea. What I find in my patients, specifically with cow dairy, and then we'll go back to constipation, is that these kids are addicted to it. Big time big time addicted, like you hear at the restaurants, they're yelling because (laughs) they want their milk. They won't go to bed without their sippy cup. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are like, they will do anything for their milk. And when I started seeing this pattern more and more is when I started thinking twice about as nutrient dense as you could potentially even get the purest of purest of milk this may not be good for these kids' brains. Yeah. And this may not be good for the the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if you are serving your kids like the purest of purest of dairy products, when you go to that restaurant and they are screaming for milk, you know they don't have no. the purest of purest. So now they're going to come out with this conventional milk just to appease your kid. You're going to feel bad about it. They're going to be happy because at least they get their milk. Mm-hmm. And now you've just like created a situation that you could have avoided by mm-hmm. just not doing milk altogether. Yeah. So I've got a lot of content on that, because I do think milk could be appropriate for some kids who maybe, you know, there may be failure to thrive and they're just right. not eating and they really need those nutrient calories density and, and nutrients. Yeah. Yes. And so again, it's very individual. But for the majority of people, my rule of thumb is once you hit 12 months, you don't need any milk. Mm. I love if moms can continue to nurse because there's just been so many great studies on so many benefits. But if you're done nursing, you can't nurse, the transition could be either non-dairy nut milks or just water. Mm. Like that's what I really emphasize is we don't even need a milk. Just go to water. Yeah. And that's it. You yeah. know, that's kids love that mm. and then solid foods and then if you want to continue nursing or what.
0: Yeah, I love that. You said I kinda that. I kind of went off tangent, no, I'm no, sorry. No, that's we talked great. about No, uh, I love I, I talk about food every day on this show. So, um, the dairy thing is huge. Mm-hmm. And I and it was actually interesting for me to know that part of it too. Oh good. Um that we see that a lot with kids. So then Look, they're they're off, they they stop nursing. One thing that I seen as a challenge at least on Instagram when I see families cuz there there's actually f- follow a lot of kids pages. Cuz yeah, just I think it's interesting that's to great. see well, the dynamics. That's great. Well, they're super cute. Yeah, and they have like all these cute yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's some um, there's some different practitioners who are like saying like how to have your kids eat more vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they'll show like creative ways, so that's really cool yeah. to see. Um Is it hard? Are there so many companies out there that are just making food for kids that are just really crappy? And is it hard for now moms who stop breastfeeding to give their kid good quality food? Because what I see is that's a big problem. Having like having your kids start drinking more water, eating more vegetables. Right. Um, How what like what's a way that people can learn this better?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, I would actually say more and more companies are coming out with like amazingly healthy options, which is really promising. Mm -hmm. I don't think we would sit here saying that five years or 10 years ago, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can even get food pouches now that are just like, just almost like homemade home food in the refrigerator wow. section, like ready to go, instead of you having to do it at home. So there is pros and cons to that. It does make it more convenient, so that's nice. but it also, I think, keeps some moms not making it at home themselves, which mm-hmm. you know, there's pros and cons to all of that. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely something about convenience food. And I think this day and age, as parents, we just have to navigate, well, what is conveniently healthy and what's conveniently unhealthy? Mm -hmm. And also, what are your kids being exposed to from other kids' school lunches, let's say, or, you know, even like the cafeteria lunches? And I help parents with this navigate it all the time. They feel like they go back to school and it's like... I feel like I packed this really healthy lunch and then my kid literally comes home with their entire lunch because they ate the other child's lunch. It's a very difficult thing to navigate because you can't control what the other kids are doing and you really can't control your child all the time. My rule of thumb is always just you cook as much as possible at home, you feed your child as many nutrient dense foods as possible for the majority of his or her life so that when they're out and about and they grab something or whatever, you know at least they have a good basis of good nutrient-dense yeah. quality food and that they are resilient so that they can... For sure. They can deal, deal with yeah. some of these other toxins because it's it's inevitable. We're all exposed to toxins. So I just want to enhance detox capacity, ensure that they are detoxing, like pooping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're on good nutrients so that if they're not getting it from their food, that one day maybe they're getting it as a supplement.
0: Yeah.
1: And then just keep an eye out and see if, if I see symptoms then I'll be more aggressive about it. But uh. if I don't, and I can know that they're doing pretty well day to day.
0: Wow. I wish this was 1984. and My mom and dad <laughs> heard this because I was eating gushers, lunchables, totally. dunkaroos. And I was there with you. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. most eighties babies were. Yeah. So, um,
1: and they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing that we have to really hone in on with parents is just realizing that I know everyone's doing the best they can, sure. because at the end of the day, every parent loves their child and what's, they want what is best for their child. Mm -hmm. That is just like status quo. I Mm -hmm. mean, no one could disagree with that. And so I don't think beating ourselves up or trying to like, you know, get too hard on ourselves when we can't figure out what's perfect because everything's changing all the time. Yeah.
0: And it's a matter of like now just education, right? Because doing the best you can based on the education that you have for your kids. But now there's so many more resources Mm -hmm. as opposed to our parents back then now people can go literally on Instagram or Facebook or yes. Twitter or Google anything and just go, just learn, yes. you know, and that's a power of Which research. Which
1: I love, and it can also be overwhelming. Oh yeah, It can be so overwhelming where I'll paralyze some moms mm-hmm. or parents, so that's actually a big reason why I compiled all of my resources into like guidebooks yeah. and video courses, and I just outline things. Mm-hmm. My husband tells me I've got like a really great brain to outline things, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it until my first uh, guidebook, the nurse kids ebook and people were like, Oh my God, this is so well organized. Your flow. It was organized. You thank you. Yeah. I love visually. And I, yeah, yeah Thank you. It was really important. I'd even give it to a graphic designer. I was like, I need to do this, yeah. uh, you know? So I'm like putting everything together and I got such great feedback. I was like, okay, I think I have a way of doing this to make things simple because that's what parents need. They need, simplicity. It's already like you experience with yeah. your friends. It's, tornado. it's crazy. <laughs> and so in their crazy life, they need to know, okay, when my kid gets sick, this is what I do. I do this, I do this, I do this and this. Oh, and I give it this dose, this dose and this dose. Great. Yeah. Let's go. And that's what I did for them. And so I've just built out so many more of my guidebooks. And then I teach in, in courses and I recruited like, I think it's 10 other Pediatric integrative specialists all over the country just to help me teach moms oh, because great. it's not just about me teaching. Nope. You know, people shouldn't trust just me. Mm-hmm. They should know that there are other people who say this and this is what to do. And so it's just a great team of us. And I love that.
0: Yeah. That, I, I'm happy to have you on because you mirrored so much of the stuff that I say oh, for good. adults, yes. right? So it's like, oh, yeah, it's true for it's kids the same. too. They're yeah, still, the still little human. They're still little humans. Do you like the um, environmental working group uh, and yeah. stuff that love they do? I love their for... stuff. Okay. And I
1: link a lot of my stuff when i talk about nutrition in particular mm-hmm. the dirty dozen and the clean 15
0: yeah okay beautiful cuz yeah. i always talk about that and i think it's a great resource for new moms saying Absolutely. this baby shampoo which was crazy about johnson and johnson's how toxic that stuff was that was
1: not a big surprise to me yeah but yes i think it's a great place for them to go when they're just questioning anything whether it's a cleaning agent whether it's a makeup product because your daughter is going to get into your lipstick and it's now all over her face to the food that they're eating to anything and Mm -hmm. it's just like a nice uh, database to just know like okay i've got somewhere to go as a resource so i know what's safe what's not safe
0: okay great let's let's shift these gears because i know you're passionate about this let's touch on this i get too many questions on this and I can't answer it because mm-hmm. I don't have that education or I'm not an expert. Certainly not. When a baby is born, there's a vaccine schedule.
1: Okay. Yes. Vac- okay. Vaccines. Yes. There's a
0: vaccine schedule. And people ask me, what do I do with the schedule? Dr. G, what do you suggest? I'm like, I don't know here. Mm-hmm. Just go over here. What is there? Is there a way to spread out the schedule for moms or new new dads and they want to do this with their kids, Great. is that an option?
1: So this is a really heavy topic. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best to organize it. I am incredibly passionate about vaccines. I think if you're interested in pediatrics, you just have to delve into the research. It is hundreds and hundreds of hours of research yeah. and it's because it's such a complex and very controversial topic. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna do my very best to answer your question in a way that is simple. So the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, outlines a schedule this schedule is actually very different based on the country you live. Mm -hmm. So it's different in Canada than it is in the United States and it's different in Europe and it's different in Australia. So it's very interesting when you look at a schedule that your doctor provides you, you start having to think, well, why is it different in different areas? And Mm -hmm. so when I started thinking about that, I realized that I wanted to start investigating all the different vaccines because who's to say that that schedule is the best for my individual child? Mm -hmm. Now in clinical practice, fast forward years later into all my research, what I do with every child is I can't tell them whether or not the CDC schedule is perfect for them or if they may have some risk factors where following the CDC schedule puts them at risk for more adverse reactions. So what I do is I have to and assess them individually. Mm -hmm. And the way that I do it is is a little bit of a balancing act. You assess their exposure to the disease. So how likely is it that they may even contract this virus or this bacteria? Mm -hmm. Then you have to weigh it to, what's the likelihood that they may have an adverse reaction based on their susceptibility it could be family history it could be genetics it could be low nutrient levels it could be their detox capacity mm-hmm. so i have to evaluate both sides and then with every individual vaccine then you weigh the risks and the benefits if that vaccine is going to be- greatly benefit that child to prevent this disease and to prevent death and their risk of adverse reaction to the vaccine is much lower, well, then I may encourage that that's yeah. what they do. But if it's the other way around, then we may have to delay it or do something different or definitely help them with detoxing that vaccine. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very simple answer, but now, because I got so busy in my practice, I ended up making an online course, helping parents understand how to assess their child with each individual vaccine. Oh, that's it's amazing. like over two hours. I oh, mean, I it is so much content. Yeah. It I, it was because so many people wanted this information, and it was actually medical students and doctors coming to me saying, "I want to be able to teach this to my patients." And I said, "Fine, I'll, I'll hold a course for you." Yeah. So I got it videotaped, and then I, 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 you know, I offered it to them, and then later on, all these patients all over the country were like, "I really want to learn this," yeah. and I was like, "This is a big risk for me, but yes, I want every parent to understand because at the end of the day, they need to feel comfortable with that schedule." Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, there are laws right now in California that I've been very actively helping fight that are trying to mandate certain things that kind of take away rights of the parents. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. There's there's going to always be this balancing act. The biggest thing that I always want parents to know, though, is there's not one right schedule for every individual child. It's important to have your child just assessed or you learn how to assess your child. And I don't think any parent would disagree that having a pre and a post detox plan, since we know there are elevated levels of aluminum or formaldehyde or other toxins in every, not every, but every vaccine has some type of toxin. Mm -hmm. It's different, unique to its own. But why not just assist the detox process before and after the vaccine? Mm. Whether your child you've assessed to be at high risk for adverse reactions or not even at all, you might as well just be proactive and be preventative about it. So I share all of my protocols Calls in that course as oh, well Oh
0: wow excellent where yeah. do they find that course
1: on medschoolformoms.com that's where you can find all my courses okay. but the vaccine course is one of my most popular ones and i actually i've just decided to give it as a free bonus if someone's going to buy my complete bundle because mm-hmm. i was like if you're invested in learning about your kids then you deserve this vaccine yeah. course because that means like you are ready for it all forever yeah
0: because that's know? that's that's work that's like it, mental hu- work it's and huge research and all everything so yes that's amazing that that's offered, man, like I said, I'm not even a dad, but when <laughs> I am, I just feel so comfortable. I'm just gonna glide oh, into good. parenthood good figuratively speaking probably <laughs> I'll, I'll stumble over a few stones that uh, that you will
1: it. and that's okay. that's how you learn. yeah,
0: wow, so that was really helpful. Um, I know that's gonna be helpful for people watching and listening because I kid you not at least two, three times a week um, I'll have yeah. really long paragraphs asking this question. I'm mm-hmm. like. I don't know how to help you on this.
1: Yeah. May I add something if you don't mind? Because I think your audience, and you do such a great job helping them learn about toxicity Mm -hmm. and specific toxins. And I want to just shine a little bit of a light on the toxins that are in vaccines. I think that oftentimes as parents, we get really scared. Of course, no one wants to put toxins in our kids. Clearly, like everyone agrees. What the research needs to go to are just safer vaccines. There's no question there. But the reason why these toxins are in vaccines is to actually do the job that the vaccine does effectively. So what the aluminum specifically does is that it irritates the immune system. When it gets injected, it, it creates such like this, like, I don't know, party mm-hmm. in the immune system mm-hmm. that it responds and it wakes up. And so then the body can mount an antibody response mm-hmm. to the virus or the bacteria that's also a part yes. of these vaccines. Now it's not an ideal way to wake up the immune system and it definitely in some kids could definitely irritate the immune system in somewhat of a negative way, Mm -hmm. however, in order for these vaccines to be effective, this is why those toxins are in there. And so I know it's so hard for us because believe me, no one wants to create an adverse reaction Mm -hmm. in our child. But if you want the effectiveness of the vaccines, this is just how they're made. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure hoping come five, 10 years from now, we are totally not even talking about this. And all these vaccines are more effective with less toxins. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. But that's why we just need to assist the body with helping to detox. So we can still mount a response to be resilient with the disease, but let's get rid of those toxins that Mm -hmm. were there to help with effectiveness and do the best that we can, especially in states like California that we're mandated, we're required to vaccinate our kids if you want your child to go to public school or private school or daycare or really any school. And I just don't want parents to be so afraid because I get messages like this all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what can we do to make this as safe as possible. Sometimes it is delaying. Sometimes it is the pre and post detox. Sometimes it is spreading them out. It's choosing the right vaccine brand. There's some that are more toxic than others. Mm, so there's a lot of complexities in that, but that's how I can help
0: support wow. them. Wow, okay, that's that's great. I does didn't, that make sense? Yeah, it, okay. it sure does, it sure great. does. Is the schedule more dense or less dense than when we were kids?
1: Oh, much more dense. Much more no dense, question. Yeah. However, the good news is is that not all vaccines on the CDC schedule are mandatory. Mm. It, there's six that are mandatory, at least here in the California, mm-hmm. um, out of the 12 vaccines that are at least even available on I the see. schedule. Okay. So every state's a little bit different. You have to look into that. A lot of states still, it's not mandatory. So you just have to, again, assess where your child's at, assess if, what outbreaks they're going on, what mm-hmm. your schools require, then kind of go from there. And if you need to work with a professional, then you hire them
0: okay love that Mm -hmm. yes that that's so that's so informative i actually never touched that subject because i was waiting for you (laughs) for 28 episodes to come on and finally you come and talk about it i'm happy to
1: do it and hold on i'm so very sorry but i have to say this if we're going to talk about vaccines before we move on is that okay
0: yes please there's
1: something that i just like get on my soapbox and i want like every single parent to know this and i wish every pediatrician just like did this, but oftentimes Tylenol is recommended before or after a vaccine. Mm -hmm. This is not an uncommon practice, it's very typical, and it's something that I want parents to avoid completely. And so I just want to explain this, if if you don't mind. So Tylenol in the body is a fever suppressant, as Mm -hmm. we know, it's also a pain reliever. And it's not uncommon for a fever to mount after a vaccine, that's very normal, right? Because we're actually giving the body some of a virus or a bacteria. Mm So what happens is pediatricians want to prep the parent and say, you know, just give some Tylenol before to prevent the fever or give it after if your child's in discomfort and we don't want our kids to be in discomfort. But what Tylenol does specifically is that inhibits our detoxification capacity. Mm -hmm. Tylenol decreases glutathione. Glutathione, as you know, I'm sure you love glutathione Mm. because I love glutathione. I'm on it right now. (laughs) You're on it right now. I love it. I can't be because I'm pregnant. Yeah. It's, the body's natural antioxidant made in the liver that helps to detoxify so just think about it your doctor just asked you to give Tylenol to your child so now you're decreasing glutathione you're now injecting the body with a toxin and then you're giving Tylenol again which again decreases glutathione so now your bo- the, the little person's body is not able to mm-hmm. detoxify as optimally mm-hmm. this is exactly what we don't want we want your child's detox capacity to be at its max. So I actually give glutathione mm-hmm. as one of my pre and post detox nutrients. It's one of the plans, on yeah. uh, my comprehensive plan. But it is something that is so important for all parents to know. Now, if you've already given Tylenol and your, and your child's already gotten a vaccine, well, it's done. They probably mounted enough response. They did what they needed. It's done. Mm-hmm. Anything moving forward, please avoid it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. If the fever is mounted, use some natural therapies or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. If you absolutely need Need to you can go to ibuprofen, but we use that as a last resort. And I teach all of this in my courses. I have courses on fevers and antipyretics like Tylenol mm-hmm. and what we could do to support our kids if they do need it and oh. when we should worry and when we shouldn't. But I couldn't not talk about that. So okay, now thank I'm you talking so about much. it. Now,
0: now you gave me a soapbox. <laughs> okay, so, please, if there's anything like I can add, so many people. Oh yeah, that's excellent. It, I didn't know. It's I didn't so know. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that, that Tylenol was given before and after. That's really interesting stuff. Wow. Um, so let's, I, I wanna, I, now you're dealing with pregnant moms too. Mm-hmm. And there's so many complexities in that like, what do I eat? How do I start? What, what month do I do this? What, do I take this supplement? What What is just some general stuff that we can empower these listeners who are pregnant or who are about to be pregnant, or who I think about being pregnant, what can we empower them? What can we teach them?
1: Oh my goodness, I love this. Well, so I'm, I think I'm 32 weeks right now All pregnant. Right. I came with the second kid, you like never know what week you are. The first I was like, I'm 16 uh, weeks uh, and four right? days. <laughs> like I knew exactly. Yeah. So I think I'm 32. So, and I feel great. And, and I know not every pregnancy can say that, but I do feel like a lot of it is owed to the fact that I, I've taken care of myself for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it does take time. So just as an example, we have studies to show that between three to six months prior to conception your egg and sperm quality so it takes two is actually in its best state to then conceive in that three to six months so you want to be working on your health three to six months before even conception Mm -hmm. because that's actually where all your nutrient stores are being stored Mm. or, or being um Filled up. Filled up. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you. And so I always want to advocate for being proactive. If you even think you want to become a father soon and you're in a good relationship, you're going to get married, whatever it is, and you know you just want to have kids, you start now. You want to detox the body from toxins because... The minute you're pregnant or nursing, you can't detox. I can't do this at this point. I can't take glutathione right now. When I'm nursing, if I detox, all of my toxins go out of my milk Mm -hmm. right into my baby. Mm -hmm. So you want to get that like settled prior to conception, you and the partner, you know, both of you guys. So that's one of my biggest, biggest, you know, tips is like, be proactive even before. Now let's say you've got someone listening or or watching who's literally already pregnant. They're like, oh my goodness, I didn't do anything for the three to six months. It's still not too late. I say then you have to get on the best nutrients that you can during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That means a prenatal that is optimal. Not any of these one a day. These one a day is not enough. No one can claim that. I've read label after label. I mean, hundreds of hours of research just on prenatals Mm -hmm. simply because they're not all equal. No. You want to be on the best of the best. The prenatal I take, it's four capsules twice a day. That's not fun, I don't ex- I'm don't. i not excited about it, but what I'm excited about is that I feel great and that I know that I'm giving the nutrients to my baby and to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes prenatals are thought to just be nourishing the baby. It's absolutely not the case. Your baby will take everything your baby needs. Mm-hmm. Your baby's a parasite in your body. <laughs> That's what I say. It's ama- <laughs> it is, this yeah. little boy that I have yeah. is taking everything he needs and leaving me with whatever's left over. Yeah. So that prenatal is actually more for me than this baby because I know the food that I eat, the, you know, whatever I do just day to day, I'm he's getting what he's yeah, getting. You know, yeah. he's going to be a healthy boy. And if he's not, I know what to do and yeah. we're going to work with it. Yeah. and. I need these nutrients to keep me healthy. So an excellent prenatal is so important. I think a good fish oil is really, really helpful too. It's great for brain development. There's such great studies on that and a good probiotic and great vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, babies taking all of these type of nutrients. On my website at medschoolformoms.com, I outline all of my favorite prenatal products and pediatric products simply because I also get dozens and dozens of messages asking what are my favorite products so if someone's interested they can go there and I'm constantly updating them because as you know there's new products all the time and so I want to be up to date because that's my job not their job they're busy enough but it's important for me to be able to find what's the tastiest of products because if kids won't take it what's the point you know what's the most affordable and what's the most potent that's bioavailable that the, the body will actually absorb Yeah. so that's all there and again i'm always updating things so i can't like mention brands right now because it could change in time
0: yeah but
1: but those are big takeaways for any pregnant mom who really wants to be proactive starting early if they can't start early get on good nutrients and continue them into nursing don't think you just need to stop just because it's called a prenatal it shouldn't be called a prenatal yeah. silly it should be like prenatal pregnancy and postpartum Post- <laughs> you yeah, know everything exactly. um and so while you're nursing, if you are able to, you continue those cuz again, that's what's nourishing you and your milk and then going into baby.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so we, we no one even thinks about <laughs> most people are like, okay, let's plan a pregnancy, you know, that's like a month into it or, or you know, let's 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 just mm-hmm. let's have a baby, right? But 3 to 6 months, that that means we have work to do right? like we should always be keeping ourselves healthy, but we have Absolutely. work to do. And the man can't be understated. We we forget that our sperm quality is so important, right? If we're drinking alcohol, eating crappy food, bunch of toxins, uh, leaving our cell phone in our pocket all day, not on airplane mode, like these are all little tidbits that we can better our sperm quality.
1: Absolutely, and you guys are lucky because once the mom gets pregnant, you can go back to whatever you wanna do. We just Mm. need your sperm. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. The mom though is responsible for that the whole journey of pregnancy and yeah. the whole journey of postpartum, and you know, you're know, you really in charge of that baby's health. And it's something that I look at as a privilege. I mean, my husband's very healthy, so that's great, but he loves his beer too, and he does <laughs> this, and I'm like, you know, good, you do your thing. It's easy for me to avoid alcohol. It's easy for me to eat really yeah. healthy and exercise, and I love this, and I'm so glad I get to have our babies and yeah. nourish them and know that I'm just doing the best that I can.
0: Well, women are definitely the Mentally, uh, intellectually, spiritually, stronger species, um, <laughs> we physically, balance each when other it comes out. to everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, we we just provide and you guys produce miracles. <laughs> Thanks. And, I and think women are I pretty amazing. Say. Yeah. Hell yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's amazing. Okay. So people listening and watching, let's say, what are your real takeaways? What do you want them to know when this show, they, they turn it off and they get up and they go back? out to the world. What are some good takeaways that you want people to remember? Great, I think
1: um, a couple things. One is I want every mom in particular to be happy with their doctor. I find too many people feeling like they're bullied or they're not aligned with their philosophies or they cry. I mean, to me, that is not okay. They should always feel supported. They should always be open to asking questions, being proactive, so they are part of their children's health and their treatment plans mm-hmm. and such that they're not just this like passive person who does things just based on the advice. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Tylenol, pediatricians are doing the best they can. They really do care, but they may not be on top of the literature in that way to know to not do the Tylenol before mm-hmm. and after vaccine. So it's really gonna be up to the parents to be proactive on their own, get the education, get the knowledge because feeling empowered, there's nothing better. There's n- There's no price tag on that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's who you are. You are your child's number one health advocate, whether you signed up for it or not. That's who you are when you take them to the doctor or or treat them at home. So that's one big takeaway is just keep on learning. Mm -hmm. You know, don't... Don't give up in this and don't just think like doctors are gods because we're not gods. We can make mistakes and question us, you know, ask us really understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I would just say the, just to end the last thing is just trust your intuition. I think all too often, we have this very strong intuition, but we kind of allow noise to creep in. What does my mom think? Or what does my sister think? Or what is my friend doing? Or what is this person doing on Instagram? And comparing ourselves like, oh my God, look at Dr. Romel's feeding her child sardines. Why doesn't my child eat sardines? Mm-hmm. Well, you never know if those sardines fell on the floor because <laughs> after that picture was taken, it was done. Yeah. You know, And then the dog ate it. Yeah. You know, it's it's very easy to compare, especially as women. It's just our nature to do. Mm-hmm. You tune into your gut instinct because mama bear knows Mm -hmm. like we have such an incredible intuition you know your child better than any doctor better than anybody Mm -hmm. tune into that and I teach moms how to really tune that off and tune in because that's where you're gonna really be able to help the best
0: yeah I love that yeah that was really that's really so true and like new moms are always tuned into something oh yeah I just every time around them I'm like they're somewhere else right now (laughs) but like and and it's with their baby but they're like there's this energetic spiritual bond that we have no idea about. Mm -hmm. We can't measure, right? We can't take pictures of it, but it's so, it's so deep there. And, and yeah, I completely advocate that intuition part. There's, we, I will never question a mom's intuition with her baby. Um, Thank you for valuing that. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's
1: so important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming here. My pleasure. Thank you
1: for having me. Can you come back? I would love to come back. Because this is
0: like, God, I have like a thousand more questions (laughs) about a thousand more things. So we need a part two.
1: Great. I would love to. And ask your audience what they're looking for. I mean, I love to really provide what they want. Yeah. And really, I love creating and I love teaching. And this Mm -hmm. is just the beginning for me to continue to do that. So the more I know what people want, the more I get to help them. Okay. So I'm so happy to do that. Good,
0: We'll do that. So thank you for coming in all the way from San Diego. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And probably the next time you will be a mom of two. You got it. Yeah. And maybe
1: more. Who knows one day. Who knows one day. I Uh, love being a mom.
0: Yeah. Okay. So pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Didn't I say that she was going to be amazing? I always know that it's a good interview when I'm quiet and a person is just blowing my mind and in my head I'm just like that's amazing information that's amazing breakthrough knowledge bombs I love that so inspiring so all the moms out there all the dads out there now you know some steps on what to do get on her site look at those modules look at all her resources and learn right because now you have the stability of being empowered and informed so thank you doc That was amazing. Next week, we're coming with some good fire, amazing guests. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, support this show. I love you all. Thank you.